Alternative Radio. Hello there, folks, and thank you for listening to the show. I'm Joanna. I'm Nate, and this is Stranger Than. Uh, today, I'm going to tell you about the greatest cave explorer ever known. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'm going to well, talk about... I'm going to be talking about a fresh, new, so far, unsolved murder. And, I mean, it, it's pretty recent, so I'm hoping that it's going to get solved. But it's a pretty crazy one, and it happens to be... Um, like 15 minutes away from where my son lives. Oh, cool. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, is that the one in, 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 uh, Moscow, in Idaho? Idaho, yeah. yes. I just, I just saw news stuff about that. I know, it's it's crazy. And then I thought, you know, it's it's the holiday season, and usually if you're, if you're lucky, you get to uh, gather around your either functional or dysfunctional family, and sometimes... <laughs> right. Sometimes uh, family secrets can uh, be revealed, and so I've, I've got a little uh, compilation of crazy family secrets, uh, you know, that I, I pulled from the internets, so. All right, well, why don't you yeah. uh, start with a murder, and then we'll uh, go to the uh, cave explorer, and then we'll end it up with some uh, crazy family secrets. Okay. So, yes, Moscow, Idaho, which happens to be just about a 10-minute drive from Pullman, Washington, where my son currently attends college. He is the one who told me about this, like, last month when we were on the phone. And he's like, have you heard of the Moscow murders? And I'm thinking, like, Moscow, Russia. <laughs> right. And then uh, he started telling me about it. It was like, oh, shit. Okay, so Moscow, Idaho, which he goes to rather frequently because it's, like, the next, like, big town. Right, from, quite a like, quite big town. Yeah, uh-huh. It's, it's, it, too, is a college town. Um, but, yeah, stuff that they don't have in Pullman, they tend to have in Moscow. So that's, like, right. the closest place to, like, you know, go to places that aren't in Pullman. And, yeah, it is the murder of four college students who were stabbed to death in the middle of the night of November 13th. So... Just a little bit more than a month ago. And it's completely crazy. So it was, uh, there was actually six, uh, or I'm sorry, five people were living in the house. Four were murdered. One was like an overnight guest. But it was like all, uh, all girls lived in the house. And it was three of the girls that lived in the house plus one of the girls' boyfriends that, um, that was murdered. The, that was the one staying over. Yes, that was the one staying over. And it's crazy because they have absolutely no suspect. They don't have a murder weapon. They don't have a motive. It's, yeah. Just a bunch of bodies and no uh -huh. real anything else. Yeah. So the victims of the, the stabbings, it's 20... 20-year-old Ethan Chapin and his girlfriend, Zaina Kernodal, age 20, Madison Mogan, age 21, and Kaylee Gonsalves, age 21. And the there was two other roommates, Bethany Funk, or Bethany Funky, I don't know how you pronounce it, and Dylan Mortensen, and they were both asleep on the first floor of the house, and they were unharmed. 
and then the um Ethan and Zena were on another level of the house, like the second level of the house, and Madison and Kaylee were on a third level of the house. Now, Madison and Kaylee each had uh, their own room on that level, but they were found in the same bed. And I don't, I can't find a huge amount of details. Um, one thing that's really upsetting the parents is that the police haven't released, they're, they've been kind of slow to release and they'll say something and they kind of walk it back. And um, I mean, I think part of that is the police just being prudent and you don't want to re reveal all these details because it's, you know fucking moscow idaho yeah you know? i know it's like I know. i'm sure the police don't have the the same kind of experience that like say a cop in like chicago has with a murder right. so like what the fuck i mean yeah there hasn't been a murder there in like years I oh mean, i'm sure it's so... not a huge town i mean no. it's the biggest close by town to pullman but that's not saying much no like pullman and moscow are both like pretty much exclusively college towns. Right, so right. Uh, Washington like... State University is in Pullman and the University of Idaho is in Moscow. And yeah, not big towns, either one, primarily uh, college towns. And uh, yeah, pretty out, pretty out in the middle of nowhere in Washington and Idaho. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just not a lot of crime. There hasn't been like any murders in Pullman in uh, a few years, I believe. So yeah, it's just something that obviously is like just shocked, you know, both everyone, both, everyone, Jesus. yeah, every, you know, University of Idaho students. Uh, a lot of them have haven't been back to class. They've been offering like online classes through I think the end of winter break because. Wow people were just you know freaking out and, and um, upset understandably and then uh yeah everyone's just kind of on edge in both um pullman and in uh moscow like it was a moscow was a place where people didn't really lock their doors didn't really worry and now and now everyone's just twitching because yeah yeah they, they five can't even kids got murdered and four no one kids has a, got murdered four yeah. kids got murdered uh -huh. and no one has a fucking clue no one has a clue so they were both out so it was uh madison and kaylee were out together until about like 145 or so and then uh ethan and zena were also out together but they were like separate so like the two it was like two, two and two two pairs yeah, yeah two separate people two uh -huh. separate pairs of people doing yeah, two, two separate, separate things. things. So Kaylee and Madison had gone to a bar in town, and uh, they'd visited a food truck, and uh, there was, like, some footage showing them, like, getting food and kind of, like, talking with some people there, and somebody gives them a ride home. Uh, everyone that they talked to at the food truck and the person who gave them a ride home, they've been cleared. Um Ethan and Zena, like Ethan was part of a fraternity, so he was at a Sigma Chi uh, frat party. Uh, him and him and Zena were, and so I don't know if Madison. The thing going back to like Madison and Kaylee being found in the same bed. I don't know if it was just they had they both ended up you know passing out on the bed, or if uh, one of them was in a different if their, if their body was like moved after the fact, right? Or if they were just chilling together or something or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
it's believed that the murders took place between 3 and 4 in the morning. And then the other two girls, Bethany and Dylan, they had gotten home earlier. They were home about 1 a.m. And then the other two pairs of of kids got home kind of around the same time, like, uh, you know, between 1.30 and, and 2 a.m. Late. And then it's, yeah, so late. I mean, which is the huge, you know, when you're in college and it's a Saturday night. I mean. Yeah, fuck. You're out, you're out being young and and doing doing college and fun things. Yeah, doing doing young kid things. So, yeah, yeah. They believe that the killer entered into the house through a uh, sliding glass door. Uh, the house is located at eleven twenty two King Road. So sometimes, if if you want to do more, you know, research on your own on these murders, you can type in Moscow murders. Uh, they're also being called the King Road murders, uh, University of Idaho murders. Yeah. It's like happening as we speak. So, I mean, not yes. the murders, obviously, but the, the investigation is going on right now. So I'm sure it's right. going to be fairly easy to find uh, some information on it. <laughs> right. Now, for those of you who don't know, I mean, we, we do have a Patreon and I do a bonus true crime episode and that tends to be like solved true crime so that's just cut and dry like here are the facts here's the crime and then here usually when i'm doing a true crime uh piece it tends to be like a unsolved thing that's probably never going to be solved but since it was happening uh so close to you know it's something that like i'm sure like my son's hearing all about and it's all of us like oh you yeah know, where it, it was a little close to home so i felt like uh May as well talk maybe, about it. May as well talk about it, but I, I hope that this doesn't end up being one of those ones that never gets solved. Like hopefully, no. I hope I hope they catch the son of a bitch. Yeah, hopefully this these, motherfucker is. Yeah, these these poor parents. I just I just can't even imagine um, all the kids around. I mean, they've just fucking. I mean, all that's just fucked up. They've traumatized yeah. tons of people for uh-huh. probably no good reason. Yeah, and there just seems to be just leads, just like nothing is just going anywhere. They've cleared the two girls that lived in the house uh, with the other victims. The ones that aren't dead. Yes, um, and it's it's crazy. They they must have just slept right through it. So yeah, well, I mean, I, I I imagine that it's fairly easy to kill someone silently if they're asleep. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get a lot of uh, screams and. And, and, and like fighting and thrashing about, you know? Yeah. It's, um, they haven't released who was killed, what, or a lot of details about, um, yeah, ongoing investigation. Yeah, it's an ongoing I'm investigation. Sure. It what it's assumed, I think, though, that Ethan, uh, Ethan and Zena were probably killed first, probably Ethan first, because, uh, you know, killer walks in and then there's like, you know, the the adult male is probably going to be like your biggest um, potential threat. Uh huh. Exactly. And it's believed everyone was killed in their sleep, although um, some of them did have defensive wounds. So probably if we're talking about, um, you know, two uh, separate you know pairs of people occupying the same bed like you go for one and then the other probably wakes up at some point and you know puts up a little bit of fight but it was just like a blitz knife attack it's 
they didn't I didn't find anything official. There was a there's a the, like a crime reel podcast on uh, YouTube where they were talking about like it, they think it's like a military. Uh, it's like a KVAR military issue knife is the murder weapon. Oh, but again, right. that has not been found. And it also I mean, those things are available everywhere. Oh, yeah. Everywhere. Everywhere. You could buy one on Amazon. It'll be there mm-hmm. in like two days. You know, shit. <laughs> Yeah, but it's assumed that um, that Ethan and Zeno were killed first, uh, not only because Ethan's like the one guy there, but also they were, I believe, like on a lower level of the house, not not the main level, which right, which the two girls, uh, Dylan and Bethany, who were um, unharmed were on but the next level up was ethan and zayna and then one level up from there was uh kaylee and uh, madison so just just a horrific crime and they've ruled out uh, an ex-boyfriend of kaylee's apparently kaylee uh, according to her father steven gonzalez uh suffered more stab wounds than madison and I'm not sure if it was more stab wounds than Ethan and Zayna. But the coroner is kind of a, a weird character. This The coroner for um, Pullman uh, is also a defense attorney. And apparently she's like released a lot of like detailed information to Kaylee's father, which the police were kind of like not cool with (laughs) right but he but she hasn't like said a lot to the other parents there's it's it's really hard i mean you you look out there and it's kind of like the same things are kind of just spewed out over and over again there's not there hasn't been a whole lot of leads uh found that have really panned out for them Kaylee is said to people said that she had said that she had a stalker and then the police were like, oh, well, we found some footage of when they were like in a, you know, in a coffee shop and there might have been like a guy who, uh, you know, like two guys who kind of looked like he might have wanted to like approach Kaylee and her friend and they were kind of like hanging around and then they didn't end up talking to her. Like maybe that's what she was talking about. And they they found those guys, but the guys were just like, yeah, we were just there to, like, pick up chicks. Um, but I don't understand why they're kind of dismissing the stalker theory just based on this one right. interaction. Like, I mean, if there, if I was, like, somewhere out there and, it, and a guy was kind of looking at me and kind of, like, hanging around, like, looking like he might want to say something to me but didn't approach him, I wouldn't instantly be like, oh, stalker, you're a stalker. Right, that seems more like, you know, you see someone out your window or right. or you've seen the same guy in several places, like, always kind of paying attention or something, not uh-huh. just like, there's a couple dudes that are in a college town at a place where college girls go, go, are they a stalker? No, they're probably trying to pick up girls. Yeah, and so for them to just be like, oh, we think it might have been, like, talking about, like, this one incident um, and we've cleared those guys, and so moving right along. I don't know. I'm I'm a, I'm a little bit more interested to find out, like, who have they interviewed that are other students? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.
Like, I think maybe stalker, like, maybe, like, somebody that she has classes with that, like, you know, kind of, like, is always in the halls of the university, creeping around. I, I mean, I guess if, if they have found more evidence of somebody that might have been um, bothering her in that way, they, they haven't said anything about it. Which, again, right, right. would also, I mean, that would make sense it's a, at it's this a, point. It's a month old. So. It's, yeah, so yeah. don't want to be saying too much. There are a couple of neighbors, like, um, <laughs> there, there's like a whole lot of stuff out there online about these murders and a whole lot of like Reddit threads and people like, you know, Facebook groups. I mean, it's just everywhere because it's, it's a big thing, you know, right, it's, right. it's a horrifying crime. Um, there are a lot of conspiracy theories already, like that it was one of their two neighbors who did it. There's one neighbor who was... A guy who had, you know, been interviewed by the police, uh, cleared, but people were still kind of saying, like, oh, well, maybe it was him, and this guy was horrified. Now, there's another neighbor who is trying to kind of, I think, get maybe his 15 minutes of fame, and he's not horrified to have people think he's sus, and he is weird. I, I watched a YouTube video where, like, a, like a lady who has a, a true crime podcast was interviewing him, and he was definitely. Uh, definitely a little bit off. Uh, he <laughs> like, had, like, what's, what's going on yeah, with you, bud? Yeah, he posted about, like, you know, like, oh, hey, my neighbors were just killed, and I didn't hear anything, but then later he deleted that post and edited it to be like, oh, well, maybe I did hear a scream. And then he was talking about how all the girls that lived in that house were so beautiful and joyful and how huh. it was just such a shame. But, I mean, I don't know. He He just might be just like kind of a weirdo he thinks it's funny that people are now like kind of like eyeing him as a possible suspect right um yeah but again nothing nothing that is really uh you know concrete nothing solid at all and so if you go out on youtube you can find tons of stuff there's actually some like really good um I'm sorry I didn't take down any of the names on that one, but there there's some really good uh, like true crime um, YouTube channel slash podcasts out there where they have been interviewing like ex detectives and um, you know just just have all sorts of people weigh, weighing in on what um, might ha- the motive might have been um, just you know kind of kind of loaning their their expert opinion on certain things. Yeah. One of those opinions, too, is that perhaps the killer was already waiting in the house. Gotten in there, everyone was out of, out of the house. And uh-huh, and was just waiting and as then... people showed up. Although... I There's just, probably I no evidence to really support that so much as just... There is, is just as much as, like, this was, this came off of, um... This, I, I found it on the internet, but it was it came off of a the the internet story was based off of a YouTube interview with somebody who had had interviewed like some like murderer in San Quentin and saying like oh well if it you know in my opinion as a convicted murderer <laughs> oh right so yeah they've got ex detectives they've got uh, people that are actively incarcerated for murder weighing in on it. Uh, yeah, oh. in his in his it opinion, is, it is quite a big one. <laughs> in, in his opinion, he was thinking that possibly the killer might have already been there and waited. Although I would like to 
Like, why is it then that two of the girls came home and, and went to bed and then the other four kids get there and he doesn't kill the other two girls? I mean, because if he was already waiting in the house, he, he would have maybe You'd had think, knowledge I mean, that they were there. Maybe it's not apparent that they were in bedrooms or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. And I mean, I'm not hugely surprised about i mean it's it's strange that they slept through the murders but also not i mean it's late at night you've been partying a little bit you're probably pretty heavily asleep and this is uh, three stories it's three stories so you're also again in college there's lots of people like kind of coming you're used to people coming and going at all hours of the night um so you you know you hear some like like bumps and thuds like coming from the floor above you're not really thinking anything is amiss and uh, there probably wouldn't be a whole lot from just like stabbing people in bed you know mm-hmm. i mean i'm pretty well in bed when i'm in bed there's not a lot of things to thump yeah and i guess uh one of the one of the um one of the victims had a dog that was there but i think uh, it was in a different room. So it was like shut up into a different room and maybe like a smaller dog. I'm not, I don't have a lot of information about the dog other than there was one in the house, right. but it seemed to have been like separate from everybody else. And otherwise that dog would have woken up and there just may have been a different fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. And I mean, not all dogs are going to be like the type of dogs that are going to know that like something bad is happening and you know possibly yeah yeah especially if if you're talking about like a dog living in a house where there's already like you know probably lots of people coming and going anyways yeah that's true so i mean that's true yeah very true Mm -hmm. um yeah their police are currently trying to find uh the owners of a hyundai elantra that was seen in several different um you know street cameras like that was in the area at the time of the murders and i'm not so sure that it they are suspecting the people in in the white hyundai elantra but uh it could be that they they saw something because they were out and about around that time so maybe yeah, they yeah. have uh information that would be valuable to the police they've interviewed and ruled out a lot of people but uh the um the chief of police out there is saying that you know everybody People who have been initially interviewed, like they are keeping it open, they may re start re-interviewing people at at some point. But right now, just you know, no viable leads at this time. And Good times, yeah. And <laughs> then, like I like I said, Kaylee had seemed to have more severe stab wounds, according to the coroner, and according to what the coroner told Kaylee's father, she had more severe stab wounds. But that doesn't necessarily mean she was the target, right? It could have been that she was the intended target, but then why kill three other people? Um, it could be that the house itself was a target because whoever came there knew that like five young women live there but then why leave, why leave two completely untouched right unless they didn't know the the layout they didn't know that there was you know like two of them in bedrooms on the main floor maybe they just went in and and went upstairs to the rooms there and thought that they got 
you know, Lost everyone count that, and yeah, that was it. Yeah, I thought that they got everyone that was in the house. It almost, uh, you know, makes me think of, uh, you know, Richard Speck. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, where he killed, like, all those nurses. He killed, like, eight of them or something like that. Yep. Yeah, there was, like, one... I. I don't even know if he even had an intended target. He had one that he he definitely um, was more Laura. vicious yeah. with, yeah, than than the others. But it, yeah, he kind of just, yeah, maybe she was just the first one. Maybe and, yeah. he like just went crazy on the first one and then got more methodical as it went. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, it could have been that he went all the way. He he started to go top to bottom. Could be he got he went top to bottom, and then by the time you know he killed like ethan and zayna like he didn't you know he kind of had his fill i guess and didn't pursue trying to get the other two um you know girls that were sleeping in the house it's just yeah maybe the I dog mean, started barking and he heard it and so he freaked out and left even could be. the two girls that were asleep downstairs it was could too far be. away to hear the dog i mean yeah mm-hmm and again, I mean, you hear the dog bark. I mean, you're probably just used to like all sorts of noises. Like, it's a yeah, Saturday night. Yeah. Like, you know, people might have come over. They, you know, who knows what what might Especially be happening. If you're used to the dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's just crazy though, and it's just and it's just awful. These were just, um, you know, kids that yeah, were no shit. That's not right, great. Yeah, right at the just just starting their adult lives, and it's it's awful. And then. I mean, everybody in these small towns is just because without any clear motive, like who knows if it's going to happen again? I mean, is this going to be uh, a situation with uh, remember Gainesville Ripper, um, right. Danny Rawlings? I mean, terrorized Gainesville, uh, Florida, this, like yeah, the college town of Gainesville. Uh huh. Yeah, like where you know it gonna wake up and there's you know another like four or five people stabbed to death in their houses yeah pretty pretty crazy and i i hope i certainly hope that there isn't anything further that the police right. you know they get that get, yeah like that, that they get that one tip one of the one of the detectives like a really uh he i think he was a detective uh in houston for many years he was talking about he there was a case where it was like three people were shot and the whole thing was caught on tape and it was still like impossible for him to find who the shooter was. Like they had, they had the the crime caught on tape, but they didn't know who he was and they couldn't just identify him from, from the videotape. And it took five months, even with all this evidence, it took five months before uh, finally the guy's girlfriend got pissed at him and Huh. phoned into police and like tipped them off that like oh hey you know that guy who shot three people downtown that was my boyfriend he's a cheating son of a bitch uh-huh, or whatever exactly, yeah exactly and he was talking it was the craziest thing they they were trying to you know they had seen the guy using self a cell phone in the video so they were pulling like you know doing these huge dumps of data from cell phone trying to figure out like from all these towers like you know and narrow it down but like you know hundreds of thousands of lot of logged phones trying to find that one and connect it to like who you know when he was talking at this certain time that they had on the tape but i mean it's the same with like kind of the trying to find the the white Hyundai Elantra. There's like twenty two thousand registered apparently that I'm are sure. yeah, so, common ass car. Uh huh. So um, yeah, there, I think there's like twenty two thousand registered in the state or something like that. But they're trying to like go through like one by one, 
and figure it out. So let's let's hope that they end up getting that that one tip that kind of um, you know unlocks breaks the case. Yeah, this this breaks the case, and um, these poor parents can at least get have get some, some closure. closure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and then these all these other college students that are just you know that they they get a little bit of peace of mind because I got can the imagine, motherfucker off the streets. Yeah, I can imagine how scary it would be. I mean, it's a small town, like, and yeah, and just the yeah. idea that there's like a a maniac running around that it, you know it, that you could be next. Yeah, it's not got a great. Lot, got a lot of people on edge. That's that's for sure. But yeah, that that's what I have so far on the Moscow murders. I will definitely be keeping up on uh, what's going on, and if there are any big breaks in the case, I'll I'll keep you guys posted. All right, let's uh, move on to uh, the greatest cave explorer ever known. All right. This is about uh, a story about Floyd Collins. Uh, he was uh, he was in, born in Kentucky. He was a third child. His father's name was Leonidas. Oh wow! Like uh, three hundred BC yeah, Leonidas. Yeah, but he he just went by Lee, and then his mother was Martha Jane Burnett. He was born July twentieth, eighteen eighty seven, and uh, by the time he was six, he was running around the area exploring caves, which is safe. Um, he was mainly doing it to try to find shit to sell to tourists, mm-hmm. uh, like Native American things, you know, like arrowheads, just, you know, whatever he could find. He discovered a donkey cave on the family farm when in 1910. And then he discovered uh, Dossie's Dome Cave in 1912 and the Great Onyx Cave in 1915. Uh, those latter two caves, he was employed by this geologist called Edmund Turner, who was like, hey, kid, find caves for me. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Go forth and find caves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in, uh, in September of 1917, he was around like in a ridge on the family property or something, and he felt some cool air coming out of the ground. And he found the entrance to what became, what became to be known as Great Crystal Cave. Uh, so his dad deeded him half the interest in the cave, and uh, they got together, and they, the him and the whole family, they got together, and they, like, you know, dug out the entrance, and, like, kind of made it ready for tourists. Because at this time, people were big into touring caves for some reason. I guess it was the early 1900s, you didn't have the internet yet. Well, hey, caves are still cool to tour. We went into a, a cave at, um, in Missouri, in Branson, Missouri, at that... Oh, I can't remember what the the name. There's like a whole like theme park out there, Silver Dollar City. That's what it's called down ah. in Branson, Missouri. It's like it's like the place to go in the Ozarks. In all of Missouri. <laughs> yes, but they had an awesome cave tour. Yeah, that's and cool. And it was it was you went way down, and this cave was just like huge, huge. And we went to one in uh, Glenwood uh, Caverns. Uh, it was like Glenwood Caverns uh, Adventure Park in Glenwood Springs, Colorado. So we've we've oh, done weird. a couple of cave tours. The um, the youngins and I. It's pretty That's awesome. Crazy. Yeah. Well, in April of 1918, so you know, just short of a year after they started working on this cave, it was open for tourists. 
Uh, however, the entrance was remote, and so they didn't really have a lot of people coming in. Mm -hmm. uh, but this, I mean, he really wanted to, Floyd really wanted to make it in the cave industry. So there are these other farms that were kind of closer into the main road. And there was these three particular farms that were really close. And he made a deal with these farmers. And he was like, look, guys, if I can find a cave, we'll all work together and we'll make it into a tourist spot. And we'll make fucking tons of cash or whatever. And so these guys were like, that's great. Let's do it. So uh, he was the only one doing any exploring. These farmers had other shit they had to do. Like uh, but it took them three. Yeah, like farming. <laughs> mainly, mainly. Um, so it took him three weeks and he found a cave. So it wasn't that big of a deal. Uh, January, uh, January 30th, 1925, he explored and expanded this entrance. Um, he claimed to have found this large grotto chamber. A grotto chamber is your stereotypical large, like, cave room. You know, mm -hmm. just a huge void with water or stalactites, stalagmites, whatever the fuck. Cave stuff. You know about cave stuff. Yeah. Working alone, he squeezed through some narrow passages, and he was, like, trying to get it so that you could get to this grotto, but his lamp was getting low on oil. So he needed to get the fuck out and not get stuck in a cave in the pitch-ass dark. Yeah. Which totally happened. He knocked the lamp over, it went out, uh, and he was trying to force his way through this, like, thin-ass, uh, this narrow-ass chamber and a rock pinned his left leg. A 26-pound oh, rock. He was 150 feet from the entrance. Uh, 46 meters. The next day, January 30th, 1925, his younger brother was, hey, he found him. Uh, he was wandering on the property, probably because he didn't come home. Uh, Floyd didn't come home. And he found his coat outside the cave entrance. And so he investigated and found his, found his brother, because his brother was still alive. So he came back, got some folks. They uh, began the rescue. And then, so they, the first off, they sent him down some crackers to eat. They got like a string of electric lights down there so he could see and there could be a little bit of warmth because, I mean, it's January. Yeah. It's not a cold month. That, that's, that's fucking winter. Uh, throughout this whole ordeal, ordeal, people would volunteer to bring food down to Collins. Almost all of it was found stashed in cracks and shit, just like on the way down because people were too scared to actually get to Collins. They were probably too ashamed to admit it. And so they just hid the food and came back up and like, oh, yeah, we did it. You know? <laughs> we gave him the food. It's good. Among the rescuers, there was not really any leadership. There was a lot of, a lot of arguing about what to do and how to go about getting Floyd out of this fucking pit, uh, out of this cave. It led to a lot of inactivity. Uh, they finally decided to try to pull him out. So they get down there and they're pulling out rocks and, you know, they're kind of excavating around them. They try and get these jacks in there to lift the rock. It's only 26 pounds, but the way that it's in there, it could be, I mean, it could be a million pounds. It doesn't really matter. So they get these two jacks down there that are too big that to oh, haul no. those fuckers back out. They get another one down there that's too small. They're trying to use lumber. They're trying to use all this shit. They needed to find that jack that was just right. I mean, there's like know, Goldilocks and the three bears. <laughs> I know, I know, right? Uh, I mean, it gets to the point where they, they're talking about just fucking pulling him out with or without his foot. Uh-huh. Like, it doesn't matter at this point. 
Right. Uh, so on February 4th, 1925, the cave passage collapses in two places. Oh, uh, no. More than likely because people are fucking around with all that shit uh-huh. and not really able to figure out what to do. Uh, so they decide it's no longer safe using that cave passage. So they have a new plan. They're going to dig down. They're going to dig a new passage straight down or as straight down as they can. It's going to be up 55 feet down. And they're going to go laterally across to reach above Collins and then get him out that way. And they've got 75 men working on this 24 hours a day or, you know, all, like, as much as like around the clock or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's going slow. Uh, they expect it's going to take 30 hours from when they start digging to get to Collins. On February 8th, they're... Oh, so, so the day they start that, uh, you know, February 4th, they start that at sundown. And by, like, 7 p.m., they're, like, seven feet down or something. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Uh, so on February 8th, they're 23 feet down. So not going very far. There's all... It's just a shitty place to dig. Like, a lot of it is... It just starts filling in as soon as they dig it. Uh, the weather's not wonderful. On February 9th, there's just conspiracy theories everywhere. There's all kinds of media there and shit. And now they're mad because, like, there's not enough happening or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, they think that it's a hoax to lure tourists to the cave industry around the area. Uh, they think that Collins was actually murdered in the cave. Like, he went in there and someone murdered him. Uh, they think that food and water was deliberately being kept from Collins so he would just die. I mean, no one had any real reasons why they're going to do this, but that was another one. Um, they uh, there's other stories that he was able to leave the cave, and so every night he would just take off and go and like hang out and stuff. And then before morning he would, or in the morning he would get there unseen. Three days after that, February twelfth, they're now forty eight feet down. Uh, Collins at this point has not eaten in a week, and for the past several days the weather has been fucking frigid, uh, cold, wet. There's like two feet of standing water that they have to continuously pump out at the bottom of this deep-ass pit. On Friday the 13th, there's a rumor that Collins has been rescued. It's I don't know how this rumor circulated enough, but it circulated so much and so far that so many people called Washington, D.C. about it. The Capitol had to close down for business, so specifically that everyone there could deal with the Floyd-Collins situation. They were 52 feet down at that point. On February 16th, 1925, miner Ed Brenner reached the cold and apparently dead Floyd Collins. They think he was dead for about at least 24 hours. Uh, But it's more likely he was dead three days. He probably died that Friday the 13th. Oh. Very so they happy. had other people go down there to, and corroborate that they couldn't. I mean, there's no way they could get him out without dismembering him. So they just filled in the hole and left him there. The total rescue effort lasted 17 days. Wow. Two months later, April 23rd, 1925, Homer Collins, Floyd's brother, and two others free Floyd's body from the cave. It took them two months to do it, but they dug a new shaft and they, they managed to get his body out leg and all. Uh, The corpse was taken, and it got embalmed and ended up buried above the Great Crystal Cave on the family farm, and the cave was renamed Floyd Collins' Crystal Cave. 
this whole thing was the third or one of three of the largest things that happened in the media between World War I and World War II. The other two things was Charles Lindbergh and his famous-ass flight, mm-hmm. and then Charles Lindbergh and the loss of his fucking kid. Right. So there was those two and this. Wow. And I'm pretty certain that Lindbergh was flying around and helping out with this situation somehow. Like, maybe he was flying, uh, like, notes back and forth from reporters to the big city or something like that. Um, but it was like a literal circus at the mouth of Sand Cave. There were food vendors, there were souvenir vendors, there were drink vendors. The state had to call the National Guard to keep shit, like, in line there. Mm-hmm. There was this guy called William Burke Miller. They called him Skeets because he was, he was short. And so they said he wasn't much bigger than a mosquito. So mosquito, Skeets. Skeets, gotcha. Yep. Uh, he went down there. I, he, I don't know if he was the first one down there, but he first one, you know, to the to the scene. But he went down there and conducted several interviews with Collins because he could get down there pretty easily since he was so tiny. He actually won a Pulitzer Prize for his coverage on the whole thing. Okay, interesting. Uh, the, all of this publicity eventually led to the creation of the Mammoth Cave National Parks in 1941. People saw these caves, and it really brought a bunch of. Uh, a- like sight onto Kentucky, and they're like, "Well, these are beautiful caves. We should, we should protect them." Mm-hmm. In nineteen twenty-seven, Leonidas Lee Collins sells the family farm to a dentist, Doctor Harry Thomas. Uh, he also owned the Mammoth Onyx Cave and the Hidden River Cave. He took Floyd's body. He so he I, he dug it up okay. and he put it in. Uh, in a coffin, a glass coffin in the Great Crystal Cave. And this is where the in, the tombstone was installed that, you know, it said that he had, uh, you know, discovered such and such a cave at this date. And uh, he was buried here. And then he was the greatest cave explorer ever known. A couple of years later, March 18th to the 19th, like the night of the 18th to the 19th in 1921, someone stole his fucking body. Holy Just shit. stole the corpse, uh, which was found. It was found in a field fairly close by, but. Uh, the leg that had been pinned, his left leg, was no longer there. So the, uh, the guy grabbed the body, put it back into a casket, a chained casket this time, and put it in an out-of-the-way section of the cave. In 1961, Mammoth Cave National Parks purchases the Great Crystal Cave. So 20 years after this uh, national park comes about, they, they get the Crystal Cave, and mm-hmm. they close it to the public. <laughs> and uh, the family at this point is like, yo, what about Floyd? And so he finally gets laid to rest in 1989 at Mammoth Cave Baptist Church Cemetery. And it took 15 people three days to pull out the casket with his body in it and the tombstone. Wow. But he finally, you know, decades after his death, gets laid to rest. I, was, I personally... I was would rather not get buried after all of that and would rather be cremated. But <laughs> no uh, kidding. fucking wild story, right? It is so wild. I was I was anxious to find out like is his body in the cave still? Like No, it's yeah. no longer no, in the cave okay. and I actually don't know if you can go into that cave to this day. It's possible mm-hmm. that you still can't. Uh, but it's possible you can. I mean, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. 
Yeah, caves are pretty cool, but it's not something I would have been wanting to be exploring, especially like way back in the day. They were alone. Alone. They were talking about the cave that we went into um, up in the Ozarks um, at Silver Dollar City. It was, yeah, it's just nuts. Like there's like the, it's pitch black. There's these huge drop offs. They don't have any. I mean, it's it's all fun and and good to be exploring the caves when they've installed like staircases to like descend down and and go back up but right. like when you're just like doing it by like rope ladders and you have like candles and you just don't know what i mean all sorts of shit, shit can happen like things can collapse on you you can get uh just totally lost if your lighting goes out, yeah, you are in the pitch fucking black because you're like hundreds of feet under the earth. Like I think even the one today, that, yeah, even like the one even that today, we went in, you're out of communication when you're down that deep. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like we were down there. I think we were like over a mile underneath the surface. That's wild. Earth. Yeah, it's crazy. And I mean, I know it's like a big tourist attraction, but. And it's, and it's huge, but it's still like it kind of like freaked me out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. There, and there were some like tight passages to like walk through, and it was just kind of like, you know, it was beautiful <laughs> yeah. though. It was really gorgeous. So, so was the one in in um in Glenwood Springs. It was it was pretty amazing. But yeah, and it's cold down there. Oh yeah, definitely. Like I mean, we were there when it was like hot as fuck in summertime, the and then you get down there and it's like sixty five degrees. Yeah, cold down there. It's it's chilly and it's dark and Root it's sellers. very beautiful. But it it's doesn't not even need to be I that deep for it to be, be cold. Doing. Um, have you watched the the thing on like the the Thai uh, cave rescue? No. Oh my gosh, you gotta watch it. There's a thing on Netflix, and there's like two separate docu like series. Um, on there's one on Netflix, and there's one on the Disney Channel. And it was about this happened just like a few years ago, I think in like 2018, maybe um, 2018, 2019, something like that. But there was um, 12 boys, uh, from uh, like a soccer team, like a whole soccer team of like, you know, 12 and 13 year old uh, Thai kids and their soccer coach got trapped oh, dude, in the I do cave and it was like I totally flooded. Remember that. Yeah, yeah. And like they had to like get these cave divers in from England and one from Australia and they had to like put them to sleep and like swim them out. Um, yeah, no, I know. I, I remember that. That was yeah, crazy. It was that was crazy. absolutely insane. Yeah. And they all survived, which was nuts. But yeah, if any of you guys haven't seen anything about that, I, I highly recommend uh, watching uh, what's out there on the Thai Cave Rescue because that was completely, yeah. Wild. It was, it was wild beyond belief and just a miracle. I mean, they were there for a lo- I mean, it took them... It took them like eleven days before they even found them, or and yeah. even knew that they were alive. And it's fucking crazy! Just all the things that um, that they had to go through to like just kind of like barely get them out before the cave was going to be so flooded that they wouldn't have been they able to like, get yeah. to them. Yeah. yeah, it was it was nuts. It was absolutely nuts. But yeah, caves beautiful, but very dangerous. And ah, uh, uh, poor poor Floyd. That's all I have to say. I mean, I'm True. glad he, he, he died doing what he loved, but the, God, what a miserable <laughs> way to go. rather not uh, die so young doing what you love. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, that would be preferable. That, that well, would be preferable. 
Well, why don't you tell us about some family secrets revealed? <laughs> you want some family secrets revealed? Yeah, maybe give us oh, a few man. of those. All right. Ended on a little bit of a lighter note, but man, some of these yes. are just uh, are a little bit wild. Real quick, before I forget, on the previous story, my source is www.newsweek.com, newyorkpost.com, and www.independent.co.uk, uh, plus various... Uh, YouTube uh, videos that are out there. <laughs> As I mentioned before, they are numerous. There's a lot. There's a lot out there. So so check it out. And then <laughs> uh, for this next uh, uh, family secret reveal, uh, my <laughs> sources for that are www.buzzfeed.com and www.boardpanda.com. First one starts with, we went to my grandmother's for Christmas dinner, <laughs> as you do, Right. and my uncle drank too much. He kind of hinted that he had an affair with my mother. Oh. A couple of months and two DNA tests later, we found out my sister is actually his daughter. My was, uh... dad, yeah, my dad never spoke to his brother again, and of course my parents got divorced. And I needed a lot of therapy and chocolate. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Talk about a Christmas dinner that uh, went uh, kind of off the rails there. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, submitted by uh, you slash O live. I don't know if it's you slash Olive the Reindeer or... Yeah, sounds good to me. Sounds, sounds like that's what it, the username is. This next one comes from uh, Roan Arc, I believe, is the username. You know, they can be, they can be hard to decipher. Yes. <laughs> this one is, my grandma didn't drive. I thought she couldn't, but it was just never discussed. One day, no one would take me to the store. Finally, I said I'd just asked Grandma, and my cousin chimed in with, Grandma can't drive. But Grandma said, Oh, you bet your sweet ass I can drive. They just don't let me. Years later, my mom explained that during Prohibition, Grandma bootlegged alcohol for moonshiners. She was so successful at it that when the moonshiners were finally busted, her license was suspended by the state. Later in life, she was told she could petition for it back, but it came with an admission of guilt or some such. She told him to go to hell. <laughs> so good for grandma. See, it would be like the same for me, except that instead of like the admission, I would be, I would just never get around to like petitioning. Right. You're just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just not going to do that. <laughs> it's like all the mail that I don't fucking open and shit. And it's just like, yeah, I'm just going to. I'm just, you know, typical avoidance issues there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that would totally be me. I would just never get around to petitioning for it. Like, like I was going to oh, do it. it. I kept meaning to do it like every day it of my life for the happen. last 30 years, but I just didn't. I just didn't. This next one comes from Zombie Tomato. I started having problems with my teeth. Spontaneous abscesses that resulted in multiple root canals. My dentist did some looking into what the cause might be and found some really odd abnormalities with my incisor roots and nerves. 
When my next appointment came up, he was really quiet for a bit before verbally stumbling about. It turns out that what was happening with my teeth was a classic sign of inbreeding. I brought it up to my mom and she was like, oh, well, yeah, didn't you know? Of course I didn't know. (laughs) Turns out that not very far back in the family tree, several of my relatives decided that it was a good idea to get married to one another and no one bothered to mention it. Well, good times. Yeah, that's... (laughs) It's like this type of major dental problem only comes from inbreeding. Like, huh. Huh. Yeah. Awesome. And then, I, I mean, I, I mean, way, not only but... that, yeah, I got to find out that, uh, you know, you've got actual like genetic flaws due to inbreeding. Um, also, I mean, that's what a terrible uh, problem to have because oh, yeah. I, I really feel for that person, me, who's going to have to like make not one but two trips to the dentist coming up this week. Uh, yeah. Lucky you. I have all the empathy in the world for Zombie Tomato. Hi. <sighs> One from Nightcrawler616. Last week, I discovered my dad died two years ago, and no one bothered to tell me. I'd been looking for him. He was a drifter, and I'm his only child. I stumbled across his headstone on findagrave.com while digging through Ancestry. His marker was labeled, Beloved Brother. My aunts and uncles are pieces of shit. I'm not hard to find. I don't even know how he died. That's crazy. Yeah, this kind of almost makes me think of like my son when his his dad died. I mean, right. he, he found out, but I mean, they were gonna like withhold like the cause of death and everything and everything. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, have empathy for <laughs> Nightcrawler six one six. It sucks when your relatives are total pieces of shit. It certainly does. Uh huh. It does indeed. When I was five years old, sorry, this comes from uh, Madam F. Uh, When I was five years old in 1988, Santa Claus left a Nintendo on our front porch. It was wrapped in newspaper and my parents had no idea who gifted it to us. (laughs) My dad particularly tried to figure it out. He was always suspicious that it had been a family friend. It was by far the best gift of the year, and we played it all the time throughout our childhood. Now, I would have loved this as well, because my parents didn't believe in video games. Fools. Yeah, we were never allowed to have Nintendo. And every time, um, you know, we'd go over to a friend's house, it would just be like, oh my gosh, Super Mario Brothers, yes! Story goes on, my dad died in 2004. Last Christmas, my mom explained to me that she was the one who had bought it and surreptitiously placed it on the porch. My dad really liked to be in control of things and had forbidden the purchase. She knew better. (laughs) She didn't tell a soul for 30 years. That's awesome. That is awesome. Like, (laughs) just be like, yeah, well, you say no. Well, uh, fuck you. I'm just going to go ahead and give that for my kids anyway. It'll just come (laughs) anonymously. That's awesome. Not only that, but I mean, he's obviously such a control freak, and the fact that he couldn't figure out who left it, and he just... It was just, like, yeah. doubly, like, fuck you. Uh-huh, yeah. I love that one. I love that one. This next one comes from That's So True. This is kind of messed up, but my parents told me my mom had a bad back because I pushed on her spine during birth. 
this was what I thought all my childhood. I think I was in my teens when my older brother told me my dad pushed my mom during an argument and she fell and had to have surgery. <laughs> I thought I rode my mom's back my entire childhood and those SOBs let me believe it. That's fucked up. Like, no, it was you, not the fact that your uh, Dad's father a piece was of obvious. Shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, let's, let's just put all that blame onto the kid. May as well. Fuck just, it. you know, yeah. You got one more for us? I do have one more. Well, I have two more, and these are just... Uh, two more. Perfect. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Three more, but these are all Three more. one Even sentence. Even more perfect. <laughs> so, yes, hello, it's me. Had this to say, my father's brother killed four girls when he was in high school. My father was the one who found out and told the police. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. That's some heavy shit. Soul Food 7. The nanny I had when I was younger was actually my dad's attempted sister wife. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So was he like trying to like bring her into the fold? Yeah, and then right. like she was just apparently kid, didn't work you know, out. and then she was the kids told that she was the nanny. Um, yeah. Or was she like the nanny first and then the dad attempted it? It seemed <laughs> I think it was maybe the first way. Like it the could dad could go either way, really. Her. Yeah, it could have been either <laughs> way, but dad was trying to recruit his sister wife and yeah. was told it was the nanny, and I guess it didn't work out. It was attempted not. <laughs> because it was, you know, seemed like that that didn't exactly pan out. And uh, the last from, from uh, K.S. Romo, my great-great-grandfather was exiled and banned from Missouri for being a sheep thief. That'll get you banned from many states. <laughs> Will it? I mean, it's like, gosh, like how many sheep? <laughs> you spoke with such authority. But, yeah, uh... who knows? I mean, probably. <laughs> yeah so um mm-hmm. yeah i don't know how many sheep you have to steal to uh get kicked out of missouri but he he did yeah, it yeah he did apparently, it apparently apparently <laughs> and um oh sorry just kidding can i give you one more just because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just because there's a funny comment to this one too okay okay um <laughs> there was a funny comment to this to the uh, sheep one, uh, Joe Chodo commented, uh, he was obviously a very bad man. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I know. Anyway, I know. next story. Anyway, next story. <laughs> I always had an Aunt Candy. I never knew why we called her that when her real name was Karen. Turns out Candy was a prostitute and my uncle was her number one customer. They later married and she kept the name Candy for some odd reason. And the awesome comment that followed this story was by Lord Mystic Claw, who said, well, these days you don't really want to go by Karen. That's that's fair. Yeah. Fair. 100%. 100%. And then is the actual end of my fun family secrets. Well, those segment. are some great family okay. secrets. Uh, <laughs> that's some wild shit. I, nothing like that as interesting has happened with my family. And that's quite all right. Totally okay with that. Uh, so thank you all very much for listening. You can catch us at Patreon, patreon.com slash stranger than for $1. You can just give us a dollar for $2. You get, uh, ad free episodes, ad free, regular episodes. And for $5, you get a bonus true crime episode where Joanna tells you terrible things about terrible people. That you can right. also send us stories by email. If some crazy shit happened to you and you'd like us to tell it, 
send us an email, strangerthanpodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out our Facebook uh, group page, The Strange Space, where we do nothing, but you can join it for fun anyway. Um, and I think that's about it, so I, uh, I guess we'll talk to you next time. And stay strange. Thank you.